Job chapter 2 verse 10 but he said to her you speak as one of the foolish women would speak shall we receive good from god and shall we not receive evil shall we receive good from god and shall we not receive evil when i was preparing uh, from this passage in the first glance it was a pretty straightforward passage we have read many times um job chapter 1 and 2 we read it was just a prologue of job's suffering and uh, you know his emotional journey is just going to begin from chapter 3 onwards but this particular 10 verses it struck me so bad this question that is raised by job in verse 10 shall we receive good from god and shall we not receive evil I had the opportunity to read through Nabil Qureshi and his biography. And uh, while he was in hospital battling his life, just a week before he passed away, he prayed and that prayer was there on the internet. And when I was hearing that prayer, it broke me down. And this is what he said. Father we come before you trusting even now for a miracle. We know that John 11 uses the exact words even now even now you can do a miracle. We saw you raise Lazarus from the dead. In Genesis 22 we saw you rescue Isaac at the last second. We see you raising a dead girl from the dead. In Luke 7 we see you raising a dead boy from the dead. So God is able. He's more than able. And I'm going to rest on it as best I can. Lord, we know you're able. Please heal. Please come through. But if it is not your will, and if it is not your sovereign will at the end of the day, I trust you. I love you. I praise you, Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. This was one of his last prayers. I'm very sure he would have prayed more, but one of the last prayer that was recorded. Imagine his life, right? He came to know the Lord. Serving the Lord full time. I think doing what Lord had commanded, but suddenly his life changed upside down. battling to cancer married had children but this was his last prayer and the last line he said lord if it is not your will if it's not your sovereign will i trust you and i love you how many of us has that courage when we go through suffering how many of us have that courage to say lord if it is not your will i still love you i still trust you and when i look at job in in chapter 1 we saw his acceptance and he's saying lord i know that you're sovereign i know that you're sovereign over my suffering what was the verse in the last verse he says naked i came from my mother's womb and naked shall i return blessed be the name of the lord he said lord gave and lord took away blessed be the name of the lord what does god want you know when we go through this really 
crazy intense suffering what does god want or should we look suffering from a more biblical standpoint matthew 5:11 it says blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you if you also look at 1 peter 3:17 1 peter 3:17 for it is better if god should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right than doing what is wrong so then the question is what does god want to accomplish in our life through suffering why does god allow suffering in our life we would assume that today when we see suffering it's easier to assume that it's all coming from satan it's easier for us to you know make assumption that whatever suffering that we are going through is all from satan but that's not always the case god allows certain things to happen in our life god allows suffering in our life and when we study these 10 verses today there will be three things that will be revealed to us one god uses suffering to reveal our spiritual condition our spiritual character god uses suffering to reveal our spiritual condition and our spiritual character second god uses suffering to humble us and third god uses suffering to draw us near to him god uses suffering to draw us near to him we have so many questions right when we go through sufferings why why this is happening why why now i'm living such a good life i've left all that i used to do but now why god has various reasons in job chapter 1 we see that satan strike job out of malice you know god tells satan have you considered my servant job who is blameless upright and there is none like him on the earth the one who turns away from evil and in chapter 1 we when we were studying the three principal characters one was job himself second we studied about satan and third was god when we are talking about satan the ultimate goal of satan is to destroy our joy in god he cannot see us we being happy in our savior we know he knows that if we destroy our happiness in god it's easier for him to separate us from god satan strikes job out of malice but we see in chapter 1 and again in chapter 2 that god allowed job uh, god allowed satan to engage with job the lord strikes job out of a living concern for his glory satan strikes job out of malice but god strikes job out of a living concern for his glory satan makes a bold statement in chapter 1 god job fear god for no reason in short he was saying that you know what god job only fears you because you have created a fence around him you have blessed everything of his hand you take that away from him take the fence away from him he will curse you on your face that was a bold statement by satan to god that job fears god for no reason 
and when God allows Satan to engage with Job, and only the commandment that was given to Satan was that he cannot touch him. We see Job coming out with flying colors. He lost his ten children. He lost all the property that he had, the wealth that he had. And when he gets all this news, one after the other, he's on his knees. He tore his clothes. And then he says, the Lord gave and the Lord took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He was able to acknowledge that the Lord is sovereign in my suffering. That's how we end at chapter 1. Job acknowledging God in his suffering. Now we are in chapter 2. Again, it starts with verse 1. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came along with them to present before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down on it. Now we see a similar situation in chapter 1 and now in chapter 2 this is again happening. We don't know the time difference between chapter 1 and chapter 2. But we know it's a new day. It could be one day difference, it could be one week, one month, one year. I'm not sure, it's not clear he mentioned. But definitely there's a time gap, it's a new day. And again we see there's a meeting in heaven. All the sons of God have come, the angels have come. And we see Satan also coming there. You know, they all have to give their report, right? And Satan is also there. And God asks Satan, what were you doing? Where have you come? And, he's saying, and he says that going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down on it. And then Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? This is the second time God is telling Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is none like him on the earth, a blameless upright man who fears God and turn away from evil. He holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without any reason. You know, interesting statement by God. You know, I, I, I never paid attention to this verse until uh, two weeks back. God said that you incited me against my servant Job. You incited me to do something against my servant Job. For, and there was no reason. There was no cause. You know, and when I was studying this verse, for Satan and for unbelievers, many a times it looks like God does things for no reason. He permits things to happen just for no reason. If you read that verse just blindly, it just comes out like that. But that's not the reason. We know that God does things in His providence. God does things... Uh, in his degree. You know, there is always a purpose behind God doing anything. But to Satan, it's appearing that God just allowed Satan to engage with Job for no reason. And then Satan answered to the Lord and said, skin for skin, verse 4, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bones and his flesh and he will curse you on your face. First time he complained that Job fears God for no reason. And in chapter 2 he's saying, skin for skin. You know, you allow me to take away his health. 
and he will curse you on your face. You allow me to touch him and he will curse you on your face. And we see again in verse 6, the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. Behold, he is in your life. Behold, he is in your hand and spare his life. Again, God is giving permission to Satan, but he is setting the boundary. You can touch Job, but you cannot take his life. There is one more principal character mentioned in chapter 2, and that's Job's wife. There is only one verse mentioned about Job's wife in, in, the, in the entire book of Job, and that's in verse 9. And he, then his wife said to him, Do you hold fast your integrity? Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. This is the only verse mentioned about Job's wife in, in, in the book of Job. 42 chapters and just one verse given for her. And, and it's important, while it's just a short verse, but when I was trying to do the character study of Job's wife, many things came to me. I think many a times our response is also very similar to Job's wife. Augustine, who was one of the renowned speakers, he said that Job's wife was the devil's advocate in the book of Job. Calvin, the great Calvin said, Satan spared Job's wife's life was only to use her as a tool against Job in the book of, in, in, in the journey of Job's life. But if you, if you look into Job's wife as a whole, okay, let's not judge her by just one verse. Imagine, Job lost her, his ten children, right? Even his wife lost ten children. You know, it was the same pain that she was going through. I believe that she was speaking from a worldview when she went through suffering. You know, in a moment, entire thing was gone for her. Her family, her wealth, her life that she had known before was no longer existing for her. Right? I'm very sure she would have sobbed a lot when she would have heard that she lost 10 children. You know, she would have remembered her, you know, pain of giving birth to each and every one of them. She would remember those days. She, after all, she's the mother. She would have remembered those days. But what has happened for her? What has happened for Job's wife here? the sorrow that she was feeling began to turn into anger. The sorrow that she had inside, it was all boiling up and it turned into anger. Don't you think our response is also like that? How many times when things just doesn't work for us, how many times our frustration, our anger, or the sufferings that we are going through turns into anger? Job's wife's response is the same. Now after the, her children are gone, her wealth is gone, the lifestyle that she used to live, it's completely wiped away. Now she is seeing her husband Job in misery. What happened to Job? Satan touched Job. Satan takes away the health of Job. Now Job is really sick. Okay, He has sores all over his body from the foot to the crown of his head. And these are boils that might be painful. It's mentioned that he used to scrape himself from the broken pottery while he sat in ashes. 
you know might be there might be a lot of pulse he wanted to break it and release it and he wanted some relief he was sitting in ashes and he was scratching himself with that pottery a very disgusting scene for us right it must be itching all over his body he didn't know what to do maybe he might nails he might be using but you know the 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 vessel the pottery the that piece of that pottery might be giving him a lot of satisfaction when he might be scratching himself usually when my daughter has a mosquito bite she scratches still the blood comes out and then she's satisfied you know and then she has that mark over there and you know she scratches scratches till the blood comes she'll scratch i think the satisfaction that oh okay now is done i think job was going much more i don't know into 100 times of the pain and that only the person who goes through that might understand but it was very painful for him and his wife is seeing all this the pain of losing children was so much P- pain of losing her wealth and the lifestyle that she used to live is so much now on top of that now she is seeing her husband also going through terrible pain it's so terrible that no one could even recognize who job was if you read from verse 11 to 13 when job's friend come from far off they cannot even recognize who this man was who was sitting there in ashes and scratching himself that's the site for job's wife there and she says are you still holding your integrity curse god and die you know that itself tells me that she knew about god she says curse god and die she knew if job curses god definitely he will die i think doctrinally she was correct you know she knew what she was saying if job curses god and is suffering definitely god will strike him down and that will end his misery but that was her response her sorrow was so much that it was turning into anger but we see a similar response uh, a different response from job right in his suffering he still saying you know what my lord is sovereign should we only accept good from god and not evil you know two different responses right one response is the sorrow is turning into anger another response is the sorrow is humbling job and he's saying that my lord is sovereign and he gives good and he also gives evil job is not saying that god is author of evil no 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 he's not saying that but what job is saying that everything that happens happens with the will of god how many times our sorrow begins to turn into anger it was a moment of reflection for me how many times when things have not gone well for me in the past when i look back there have been frustration anger arguments you have money crunches okay first week you are holding your you know faith in god third week fourth week you're still trying to hold then suddenly your children are falling sick then it becomes frustration how many times do you lose that control over yourself and your you know the the sorrows and the suffering that you're going through turns your reactions instead of humbling yourself you turn your reactions and uh, the reaction comes out like in the form of anger 
you start complaining really me why why now james chapter 1 verses 2 and 4 it talks about When troubles of any kind come your way consider it an opportunity for great joy for you know that when your faith is tested it endures your endurance has a chance to grow so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you will be perfected and you will need nothing perseverance must finish its work that you may be mature and complete and not lack any anything is what is mentioned in 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 James chapter 1 when the abundance is full and when you live a prosperous life and when everything is exceedingly grand for you when we do not complain right we usually do not complain same was for job's wife when everything was going good when there was a lot of blessing over her and her household there was no complain at all there was absolutely no complaint at all it's easier to give counsel when things are going good i'm very sure she used to witness job giving counsel to people who were going through tough times job chapter 4 verse 3 we can see that i'm i'm very sure she would be listening carefully the instruction that job used to uh, follow when he used to offer sacrifices for his children she used to observe all that but we see that when the trouble time comes when that suffering struck we see her response her response was full of anger full of frustration she was living a wonderful life until calamity struck now the question comes who is in charge here we know that we we talk about god is sovereign yes he is is devil devil really in charge of our suffering when we suffer it is simply devil roaring clawing and biting what about god what is god doing when de- when the devil roars what is god doing 1 peter 5 9 says resist the devil firm in your faith knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world Satan causes suffering. Suffering is Satan's roar. You know, Scripture says he is like a roaring lion, ready to pounce. You know, suffering is Satan's roar. In Revelation two ten, it's written to the church of Samaria: "Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, devil is about to cast some of you into prison, that you may be tested." and you will have tribulation be faithful until death and i will give you the crown of life peter first peter 5:10 the god of all grace who has you to his eternal glory in christ will restore confirm and strengthen and establish you scripture clearly tells us don't give up on your faith 
at the time of suffering don't give up on your faith trust in him until death you know and when we see job's response at least job was able to see god's plan behind the suffering that he was going through and he says shall we receive only good from god and shall we not receive evil i think job was very mature spiritually to give such a response he was able to see god's plan not completely but at least he was able to acknowledge that god has allowed this to happen shall we only receive good things from god and when bad things happen should we reject god no he said we should also receive when bad things also god is sovereign in our suffering and we know this from our scripture it says 1 peter 4 was 19 therefore let those who suffer according to god's will will entrust their soul to a faithful creator while doing good 1 peter 3:17 it is better to suffer for doing good if that is god's will than doing evil 1 peter 6 and 7 i hope in this hope you rejoice though for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold than that perishes through the testing of fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor the revelation of Jesus Christ yes satan is roaring in our suffering i believe that satan roars in our suffering he feels so powerful when he takes us through a tough time satan roars in our suffering but for god it is more like refiner's fire you know taking our faith to refiner's fire satan wants to end our joy in god but god wants to refine our faith in him romans 8:28 says all things work together for good scripture never minimizes the pain and suffering you know it never says that if you put faith in god your pain will dry away and your suffering will go away no but i look at the cross all things work together for good this morning philip reminded us that the, the most difficult part of crucifixion was when the father turned away the face from his own son was it necessary for son to go through this such pain and agony and suffering was it necessary the son of god the only begotten son to go through such deep pain and agony you know the only example that can i can look back and and say that it was unfair it it's crucifixion what have i done that god love me so much what have i done to even get so much of love from the creator it brings tears in my eyes that just to just to see the cross and see the love of god for me it was necessary but it was necessary that pain and suffering on his son lord jesus christ to go through that cross carry his own cross carry the burden for each and every one of us our sins were on his shoulders 
it was necessary for him to die. Did Jesus say it is unfair? Was Jesus' response like Job's wife? Out of anger, he did he cry out? No, the entire time he submitted to the will of Lord. We remember the three times he prayed, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me, but let not my will, your will be done. Every time he was in deep pain, he cried out, but he acknowledged, Lord, let not my will, but let your will be done. That's the kind of God that we worship. That's the God that we come here every Sunday and we break the bread. We remember this God who died for you and me. The love that he showed made no logical sense. But that was required. All things work together for good. His death and his resurrection worked miracles for you and me. Because now we have eternal life because of what Christ did on the cross. How can we say our suffering is too much when we battle from some life-threatening disease? When we lose our loved ones? When we see our children suffer? When we see our career go down the drain? When we see everything not working for us? My dear brothers and sisters, I would request you to turn your attention to the cross because no suffering was greater than what happened on the cross. No suffering can be greater than what has happened on the cross. The suffering that Jesus Christ bore for you and me. And because what he did, today we stand. We sit here in his presence, singing praise. Talking about how glorious he is. We have been given this privilege is because what he did on the cross. No suffering can be greater than what has happened on the cross. All things happen for good. What would you know about the grace of God if sin and suffering had not entered the world? What would we have known about mercy if God wouldn't have died on the cross? What would we have known about his patience? What would we have known about his compassion? If Christ would have not died on the cross. It was important for him to die. For us to remember. For us to understand the mercy. The compassion. The grace of God in our life. Suffering of Jesus Christ. Made no sense. Because we didn't do anything. But his love abounded so much. That he sent his only son. To die for us. For you and me. Now we'll look at six things. From this Job chapter 2 and these are the learnings that we will take home. Choosing faith in the midst of suffering will not eliminate pain completely. In chapter 1 we see Job choosing faith and, and saying no I will not curse God. Instead I will praise him in my suffering. But that, did that guarantee that his life was good after that? No. In chapter 2 it becomes worse. His health is gone. He's suffering even more. Imagine sitting in the ashes and he's taking that pottery clay, uh, clay pot and he's scratching himself. What must be he thinking? Only his health? No. All the things that has happened previously. His pain has multiplied. 
choosing faith in the midst of suffering does not guarantee elimination of faith elimination of pain second choosing faith in the midst of suffering will not stop questions you might not have all the questions answered if you choose faith if you're thinking oh if i choose faith in the midst of suffering i'll get all the answers no we read that from job's life his questions are still answered why this is happening he doesn't understand and god himself is testifying about him he's blameless he's upright there's none like him on the earth yet he's going through all this he doesn't understand what what's happening but he knows that god is in control we know in scripture that job wasn't alone with questions right jeremiah could not preach without weeping questioning god how he could allow such a despair david wrestled for many years especially when he was hiding from saul wondering whether he would live to see the rain the prophet had said that he would one day you remember in psalms 13 the first verse how long o lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me you know david also has a lot of questions he's trusting lord but this lot of questions he doesn't understand why this is happening choosing faith in the midst of suffering will not stop the questions choosing faith in midst of suffering will not create any logical reasoning for your suffering many a times when you choose faith in the midst of suffering many a times it won't give you any logical reasoning behind your suffering also if you're if you're trying to find out what is the logical reason why you're suffering right now why you're going through this difficult time you know some logical answer if you're trying to find from the scripture sometimes you might not get and that's what is happening in job's life in roman colosseum you know the people who sat, sit around the colosseum and they see the fighters go through that battle you know if job would have un, you know heard about what the conversation between god and satan is happening he would have thought that god is sitting in the roman colosseum and he's seeing him battle through his suffering you know he would have tried to make some logical sense as to why this is happening but for him it's not it's not making any sense as the scripture says he was blameless upright he was a good man but yet god allowed suffering to enter his life what is it there for us as present time believers why does god allow suffering in a believer's life many a times it could be because of our sins yes that could be one possibility but that's not the only possibility and we learn this from the book of job there was no particular sin in job's life and therefore he was going through certain things in life no there was absolutely not there's a beautiful thing that paul wrote in wrote in corinthians chapter 1 first corinthians 118 but to us who are being saved it is the power of god for the message you know for many a times for people who are outside the faith you know choosing faith in the midst of suffering doesn't make sense for them you know even the scripture says that the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing 
right many a times the choices that we make as believers choices that we make as children of god will not make sense to the world many a times it might not make sense to your own you know fellow believers also who are weak in faith sometimes god wants us to make that take that step of faith it might be difficult it might be very difficult it might not make sense for people but god wants you to take that step of faith trust in him completely so we saw three things choosing faith in the midst of suffering will not eliminate pain choosing faith in the midst of suffering will not stop question choosing faith in midst of suffering will not give any logical reasoning behind your suffering but choosing faith in midst of suffering will remind you that god is in control choosing faith in midst of suffering will remind you that god is in control look carefully in job's story the only person who is in complete control is god till now satan thinks that he is in control but he is not god allows satan god is setting the boundary for satan the only person who is in control in the book of job at least in first two chapters that we can read and understand is god job is not control has has no control over his life Job's wife has no control over the 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 sequence of events that's going to happen. Satan doesn't have control over the sequence of events that's going to happen. Only God has control over everything. Only God is sovereign over every events that's going to happen in Job's life. Choosing faith in midst of suffering will remind you that God is in control. I think as believers that's the only hope. we can go through the most difficult times most testing times but the only hope that we have is trust that god is in control you know your sufferings your pain can multiply like job it became bad to worse and it's only going to get worse because now his three friends are going to come and talk to him and it's going to make things worse for him now it's more emotional pain and 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 the physical pain that he's going through now but he's going to start an emotional journey and it's only going to get worse for him he's going to doubt everything he's, he he will only curse even the day that he was born he's going to curse that day we are going to learn about that but the only thing that we know is god is in control choosing faith in the midst of suffering will remind you that god is in control choosing faith in the midst of suffering will be a rare gift to god when i was thinking about this point choosing faith in the midst of suffering will be a rare gift to god it's so easy for us to sing song of praise when the days are good right it's so easy for us to come and worship oh i praise you god talk to a man who has gone through a long suffering and has not lost faith in god it's so difficult to come and say lord thank you for all you have been taking me through philippians 4:4 says rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice you know the best gift that we can give to the lord is the gift of worship in our suffering 
the best gift that we can give to the lord is the gift of worship in our suffering once uh, someone asked ravi zacharias if you had to be mentored by someone who will you choose and he said i would like to choose a man who has gone through intense suffering and yet continued to live in faith that man i would like to choose as my mentor it's an opportunity for you and me to give the gift of worship in the midst of suffering the last point that i would like to say is choosing faith in the midst of suffering will bring you closer to god there are many examples in the bible that in the midst of suffering they have fallen apart but there are some good examples in the bible which tells even though they went through a lot of trial testing times they were through those testing times they came closer to god abraham jacob joseph moses i can continue the list but they went through so much joseph's life was such an amazing example right he went through so much years of suffering years of trial but that only brought him closer to god because he continued to choose faith in the midst of suffering choosing faith in the midst of suffering will bring you closer to god i'll just end with one example how many of you know annie johnson flint she was a famous hymn writer she suffered a lot in her life and uh, she had rheumatoid arthritis it's and her life uh, her body became cramped and she folded like this and she was on the bed for decades intense pain on top of that she also had cancer it's written in her autobiography that she wore diapers for decades adult diapers for decades because she could not move from the bed during the ifag end of her life blindness also started to sink in and just weeks before she died she had sores all over the body from head to toe she had sores painful sores that she had and they, it took eight pillows just to keep her in one place because she used to she didn't have balance you know that's what her life was in such deep pain and agony she wrote one of her last poems it says he giveth more grace i'll read that for you he giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater he sendeth more strength when the labors increase to added affliction he added his mercy to added trials he multiplied peace when we have exhausted our store of endurance when our strength has failed the day is half done when we reach the end of our hoarden resources our father's full giving has only begun his love has no limit his grace has no measure his power has no boundary known unto men for out of his infinite riches in jesus he giveth and giveth and giveth again you know what a beautiful hymn right in deep pain decades for years she was on bed crippled going through painful arthritis battling cancer sores from head to toe blindness started to creep in 
and just before she died she wrote this beautiful poem that the grace of god through jesus christ is so amazing for her in her life our divine potter, potter doesn't make any mistake when he created you and me he didn't make any mistake when he created you and me he didn't make any mistake when he wrote our life journey it was not a mistake but just by chance you're going through something no 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 our divine potter doesn't make any mistake every vessel that he has created is for his own glory today we might not make any logical sense out of the suffering that we are going through but if you look up to the lord there's definitely going to be a sense of your suffering later on when his greater plan is accomplished and when that plan is accomplished you will only say glory to god the evil and suffering in the world is greater that any one of us can comprehend but evil and suffering is not ultimate a god is ultimate a god is sovereign i'll just read few verses and in proverbs 19:21 many are the plans in the mind of the man but it is the purpose of the lord that will stand isaiah 46:10 says my counsel shall stand and i will accomplish my purpose Lamentations 3:37 says who has spoken and come to pass unless the lord has commanded it it is not from the mouth of the most high that the good and bad come i think we can trust in the word of god because there's a lot of promises given to you and me that our god is the author of our life like job every time that you go through suffering you can ask this question shall we only receive good from evil and shall we only receive good from god and not evil let's praise god can we all bow down our heads our gracious heavenly father lord we want to thank you and we all give you all glory and honor for the things that you have done in our life lord when we look at job's life the suffering getting multiplied day by day the pain and agony of losing his children losing his wealth losing everything that belonged to him on top of that losing his health yet he chose to praise you yet he chose to believe in the sovereignty of god lord we pray that that everyone in cbf could do the same lord when you decide to take us through that difficult journey when you de- decide to allow suffering in our life lord whenever that time comes lord we pray that give us that strength like job that we could say that we trust you we love you and we say that lord you are sovereign in our suffering lord we want to give you all glory and honor in jesus christ most precious name we pray amen